I started talking about something um, two weeks back before we went into the weddings. Um, let me just say to somebody, your wedding is not so far away. It's not far away. I don't know why you're distracting me, but it's not far away. Amen. You better start doing counseling and preparing and everything that needs to be done because it's not far away. Uh, while we were worshipping, the Lord kept talking, speaking in my heart that there is an open door. I don't know it's who, who it's for. I don't mind having a door open for me, but I know that was not mine. It's for somebody else. There is an open door. Let's talk, go back to faith. So, so I, the, the brethren have been speaking to us about faith and they've talked about the, the unlimited power of faith. And, and last, last week as well, we, we were being challenged that our faith is not based upon some fantasy and some, some nice fa fanciful stuff. It's based upon strong, solid content that's been there and, and, and does not change. And we've been also told that within this, there are rights and responsibilities by which our faith is based. And I have given you, and I will just go through them again for the sake of those that have not been here before. Uh, I've given you that, you see, our faith, our faith must be, must be based upon substance and that we must understand what this faith is about so that we can be able to stand through it. And, and I said, faith means to be persuaded. I am persuaded. I am fully persuaded. And number two, I said it is a place of your confidence. I have confidence in God. I have confidence in the Lord. I have confidence in Jesus. Number three, it is the substance or the conviction of the things we hope for. It is the conviction. I am convinced. It is a conviction. Number four, it is the absolute dependence and reliance upon the word of God and of Christ. It is important to remember that it is the word of God and of Christ. It is the logos and the rema. So I am fully dependent upon it. And number five, it is the full surrender, the yieldedness and obedience to the truth. Faith is an obedience to the truth. It is, it is an obedience to the truth. So when God was speaking to Abraham and, and said, Abraham, get out of Haran. Get out of the place where you're staying and go to a place where I will show you. And he said, God, give me the GPS coordinate. And says, God, sister, just start moving. I will show you as you go. He was obedient to go. And, and, and so it is a full surrender. Full surrender to and an obedience to the truth. And so I want to continue from here and go on to number 6 through to 10 today in the time that we have. Um, and, and some of you have testimonies. Hold on to them. Thanksgiving Sunday is coming and you can give those testimonies. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. That was probably just not a word that I needed to give to somebody. Hold on to your testimony. Your testimony will not expire. Amen. <laughs> It is fair money. Just hold on to it. Thanksgiving is coming. Number six. Oh, before I go into number six, the basis from which I want us to understand this is Jude chapter 20. Jude chapter 21. Jude verse 20. Verse 21. It makes no difference. There's only one Jude 20. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. And pray in the Holy Spirit. When you read it from the King James Version, it says it in a way, don't change, just stay there, just stay in the energy. But it says it in a way that, 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 that suggests that the building up of faith is, is as a result of you praying in the Holy Spirit. The NIV softens it up and says you build faith and then you pray. No, the praying in the Holy Ghost builds up your faith. I will come there one, one, one day. But, but I want you to understand that, that you build up yourselves upon your most holy faith. So I want to talk to you about this most holy faith. It is my holy faith, my most holy faith. And number six point about this most holy faith is that it is a trust that is holy 
and unreservedly in the faithfulness of God. It is a trust in the faithfulness of God. So your faith is anchored on the fact that God is faithful. God is faithful. He is a faithful God. So when we say somebody is faithful, we are saying that he never changes. We are saying that he is consistent. If he says, I'm coming, he will come. If he says, I will do it, he will do it. They are faithful. They will always be with you. There is a loyalty in faithfulness. So when they say, I will stand by your side, they will always stand by your side. They will not divorce you when they hear that you have a debt. They will not divorce you when the situation gets heated up. They are a friend who's always with you. And then you say, I've got a faithful friend. I've got a faithful friend. So our faith is based upon a trust that is unreservedly. I have no reservations that I can trust the faithfulness of God. I have no questions about the faithfulness of God. So when we're talking about building up our most holy faith, we are saying that we must build ourselves up to a place where we have no doubt that God is faithful. That faithful is He that has called us and He will do it. Hallelujah. Many times as Christians, when we are faced up with situations, doubt comes in. When we are faced up with opposition, why do you even go to church? We're being told about why do you come to church in the first place? Sometimes you get into the office and people are, why do you even bother going to church? You should be able to come to a place where you are so unreserved, so unashamed, so not in doubt of the faithfulness of the God that you come to church for. That when they say, do you think God is going to answer you? You've been praying for 10 years. You say, yes, I know he will answer. Even when they say, try calling him again. I don't need to call him again because I know he's going to come. But you never got healed after you prayed. Say, no, it's, it's okay. God still remains God. Healed or not healed. I have unreserved trust. In the faithfulness of God that he will still keep me and make sure that he performs his desire upon my life to the very end amen, amen. and so when you look at this Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 I've given you lots of scriptures last time I'll give you also lots of scriptures today Ephesians chapter 1 why because faith comes by hearing and by hearing by the Word of God faith does not come from motivational speaking no. Faith does not come from nice quotes on Facebook and Twitter messages. Mm -hmm. It comes from the Word of God. Amen. Yes. Tell your neighbor, faith comes from the Word of God. So we need the Word of God. So Ephesians chapter 1 verse 30 says, In whom also you trusted, in whom you trusted, after that you had heard the word of truth. I trust God because I've heard His word. The gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. I have trusted Him because of His word. His words, He says of His word, not a stroke, not a word, not a full stop in my word will go unfulfilled. It will be there and I will watch over it to perform it. That's what God says. He says, I'll watch over my word. I will look at my word. Make sure that everything in my word is performed. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my word will not pass away. That's what God says about his word. So I have trusted and I put unreservedly all my hope in him. Because I know his word is truth. Amen. And, and you know, me being a scientist, when I look at all the theories that we've come up with in science and all the changes and all the new things that we've come up with over the last 2,000 years, that the Bible has remained constant, I know I can trust this one. Amen. 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 The story of, of, of the Bible remains the story of the Bible. 
We just now need to guard it because some people are trying to kick out some scriptures out of it to suit their own fleshly desires. But, but, but outside of that, the message of the gospel remains the message of the gospel. Amen. Amen. You can't change that story. It remains constant. And so I can trust its faithfulness. Amen. Amen. Because as I read it from Genesis all through to Revelation, what I see is the faithfulness of God. Sometimes the faithfulness of God showed up after 400 years. Do you get what I'm saying, church? Yes. So if it doesn't happen in your 50 years of life, it's not that God has changed. Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25 to 34. I won't read all of it, but Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. It starts off and says, Take no thought for your life. What shall you eat or what shall you drink? No, what or yet for your body? What shall we put on? Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Now here is the question, are you not much better than they? Are you not much better than they? If God can take care of all these things that are not as up to you, that are not as blessed as you have been blessed. How much more you? So, I want to challenge you. That your faith must come to the place where it knows God at this level. That my God will take care of me. He is faithful to the very end. Hallelujah. Amen. Number seven. Number seven it is faith is about giving oneself. Faith is to give oneself over to a new way of life. You give yourself over to a new way of life. And here, Romans chapter 1, verse 17 says, For therein, Romans chapter 1, verse 17, For therein is this righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The, the just shall live by pisteo. The Greek word that I'm talking about of faith is pisteo. And, and pisteo is used 248 times in the Bible. In the New Testament. I cannot give you all the instances in, in a few sermons, but I give you the challenge to go study and look for, for it. But, but the word faith here is, is, is also used in the same way as all the other six definitions I've talked about. And here it's saying it is giving yourself to a way of life. What is that way of life? It is to live by it, to live by faith. It is to live according to the trust and the confidence and the persuasion and the conviction that God is who He says He is. He will do what He says He will do. He will fulfill what He says He will fulfill. It is to live in a way that says I am fully dependent on God. Amen. It is to come away from our own self and guiding our own self in our own mentality and thinking and saying, I'm going to depend on God to guide my way of thinking. Amen. Amen. I'm going to rely on the Holy Spirit to show me how to do things, how to understand things, where to go, who to marry, who not to marry. I'm going to depend on the Holy Spirit to guide me this course and not that course and buy this house and buy not that one. And I'm going to depend on the Holy Spirit to preach and, and to teach and to, to do everything else that I have to do in the, in the house of the Lord. I'm going to depend on the Holy Spirit to guide me on the food I eat and not to drink too much of that and not to take that. I'm going to depend on the Holy Spirit in every single day of my life. Amen. Faith is that dependence on God in a way of life. And so it says that just shall live by faith. Their righteousness of the righteousness of God will be revealed in you God's rightness. God's goodness will be revealed or will be seen in you by the way you live. And you should live 
the way of faith. Not the way of fear or the way of doubt or the wishy-washy way of living. Darkness, you know, just some people are playing. You know, we, when I was young, we played. We played this game where we drew a line and we said this side is called the river and the other side is called the bank. You know what a bank is? Or the beach. This is the beach and this is the, the sea. So it, you have to be standing river, bank, river, bank, or sea, beach, whichever game you play. And, and so some of us are, are, are not in the sea, neither are we on the beach. We are somewhere in between. But Virginia, we are being called to live by faith. Live in one way. And your way is the way of faith. Amen. Amen. My way is the way that I trust God. I believe God. I believe God. I'm confident in God. Amen. I put my hope in Him. And that's how I live. I'm not going to go in for the bribe and go in and be corrupt and try to find a back door. Why? Because I'm trusting God. I'm believing God. I, I'm depending on Him. Amen. Tell your neighbor, give yourself over. Give yourself over, give yourself over to the Lord. And, and walk in Him. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 14 says, you know, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to deny ungodly, uh, ungodliness, to deny worldly lusts, and to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And, and looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. It's a call to live a life that shows the righteousness of God. And it is a way of faith. The just shall live by faith. Who made you just? It's Jesus. He made you just. He justified you. When He died on the cross, when His blood was, 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 was poured, He made you just. And the Bible says the, the, the just for the unjust. So he took your place. He who had no sin took your place. And so when we put our faith in him, he then helps us to live by faith. Amen. Amen. The righteous shall live by faith. faith. Number eight. Number eight. It is an attribute of God. And the restored man, the restored faculty of man, it's an attribute of God and the restored faculty of man to do what? To bring into existence things that are not seen. It, is, it, is, it, is, it becomes an ability where you, having been restored through God, through Christ, through the power of, the, of salvation, and, and, the, and, the, and the unlimited power of God to create, when they come together, you begin to declare things that are not so that they can become. And what happens? They happen because God is the creator of all things. And He is working along with you. So it is an attribute. Or it, is, it, is, it is the combination of you and God working together. Amen. It is you clicking and linking up with God. And so it says in Romans chapter 4, verse 16 to 17, Therefore, it is of faith. Romans chapter 4, verse 16 to 17. It is of faith that it might be by grace to the end. The promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that which is of faith, of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. As the name Abraham is written, this was being Abraham. Do you know what Abraham means? Abraham means father of many nations. So God says to him, from now on, you shall begin to write your name, not as Abraham, 
A B R A M, but Abraham with an A H. If you just go go back to verse sixteen, I just want you to see the name Abraham. So God added the A H over there so that it could be father of many nations. So Abraham writes this as it is written. Abraham, he's writing it. Yet he is not what he's writing. He is still waiting. He has no child, but he's writing. Abraham, I am father of many nations. When they say, "Sir, please sign here," he signs, "Father of many nations." When he goes to Abimelech, and Abimelech says, "Why did you cheat me?" Okay, now take your wife. Let's make a deal and go away with your wife Sarah. Who are you, by the way? My name is Father of many nations. What are you talking about? You don't even have a child with this woman. Yes, but my name is Father of many nations. When he goes to the next place, the people see him. Who are you? I'm Father of many nations. He is declaring something, writing something down. That is not even what he is. Why? Because he is working with God, whom he has believed, and that which he has believed, he is speaking things that are not as though they are. I need somebody in this place who is going to begin to move in that type of faith and begin to say, "I am a PhD. I am a PhD holder. Yet they don't even have a master's." <laughs> I, I am a father of three children, yet they don't even have children. Like somebody who's always speaking, I'm a father of twins. <laughs> Declaring things that are not as though they. He's he's proclaiming something that is not yet. He hasn't seen it. But he's declaring it into it. And so the Bible then, then says on and goes on and says, as it is written. I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. He is talking about things in the future, as if they are already past. Hallelujah! Our faith should help us and be built to a place where we can see things in the future and declare them as though they have already happened. Why? Because in the spirit, they have happened. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said we need to begin to speak things, to declare things that are to happen in the future. And you speak to them when you speak to us as if it has already happened. Why? Because it has already happened in the spirit. That's how spiritual we must become. Where we make declarations of the things that God is still yet to do. Like God was saying, replenish the earth and fill it. <laughs> he had already spoken. Now we are saying, all oh, the earth is full. We have exceeded what we are supposed to use as the seven point whatever billion that we are. We have exceeded. So now we need to start planting again more trees so that our children can have something to live on. Why? Because the earth is full. Replenish the earth and fill it. Was God what He spoke in Genesis chapter one? <laughs> take care of the earth. This is why now we have to plant trees and take care of the Amazon that is burning. Are you with me, church? Yes. Your faith is not something only that is abstract for the church building. It is life. Tell a neighbor, my faith is life. Faith is life. Therefore, I need to speak of things. I was in Nigeria uh, some time back and I met one of the pastors who was hosting me. said to me, I, I believe that my business is going to grow. And as my business is going to grow, I found a land to build a plantation. So I said, but, but, but why the plantation? He says, because I make doors and timber. So I'm building a plantation now. It will be ready in 30 years time for me to harvest the trees. I said, wow. And my business is going to grow. He's speaking of things that are not as though they are speaking of faith. Living in faith. He's living it. He's not only speaking. He's living it. That's why he's got this plantation. And he went to show me one of the doors that he's making with the timber. And I understood why he needed a 30-year plantation. The doors were thick like this. 
And I'm speaking also something here. I pray that we will not need to make thick, heavy doors like that. We can make thin ones because there will be no people to break through those doors. <laughs> they will be Christian. Hallelujah. Amen. So I love it when a society, you can live in a society without having to lock your door. You can leave the key in your ignition key and go home and wake up the following morning and find the car there. The reason why we're making thick doors in Africa is because you dare not leave your door open. If you put a thin one, they break through it. But, 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 but I'm speaking of things where we will not need that. The plantation will be there, yes, and we can put beautiful furniture in the house and not worry about a thick door to protect it. Because you will be saved. And some of you here are going to preach to Nigeria. Even if you don't say hallelujah, it's, it will happen. It's being challenged by somebody who was, who, I mean, you know, sometimes you pray prayers in, 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 and you don't recognize the power of those prayers. And, and so my wife's just come back and she's telling me about one of the sisters she's met there who's now become, she's now become so influential in the government. And in the revival of Tanzania that's going on right now, she is right there, instrumental in it. And, and she was all over saying, thank you for the prayers and thank you for the prayers. And you're thinking, so our prayers make that big difference. Some of you are going to be writing theses about Tanzania's revival and, and turnaround from corruption. And I know a brother, so she showed me a picture. <laughs> she showed me a picture of a bus station in Tanzania. And I said to her, I prayed for a brother who was doing a thesis about that and now she shows me a picture and says this looks just like the Netherlands the bus stops here this is and I said yeah this is a brother was here saying we're gonna change Africa we're gonna put what we see here in Africa and now we can take a picture in Tanzania of a bus stop that looks like here when we were praying five six years ago we were praying about something that was not as though it so those of you that are coming here to study, take note. Life is faith. The Dutch have a famous saying which sometimes irritates many people is that God made the world but we made the Netherlands. It's actually, it's actually a statement that's written. It's, it's, it's written down. And in KLM recently they had the statement there. So there is proof that it's written. It's not just a saying. It's written down. It irritates many of us because it says that the Dutch playing God. But I began to understand when you go back into the history of what was going on. And one old man who was explaining this to me says, You see, when we saw our people dying of the water, we said we need to find a way to live with it. And so now we live with the water and we can confidently say we have made the Netherlands. Because half of it was just under sea or constantly flooded. And while I was doing my PhD, I was doing a project about houses that float on the sea. Can we build a house and put a biogas tank that provides its energy, deals with the sewage, and that it can be self-sufficient to a point where if the waters were to rise up again, if God decided to reclaim back his sea as it was many, many years ago in the 1300s, if God were to decide to reclaim that, these houses would just float upon the water that God brings back. That was the project we're working on. So we don't need all the pipe work and all the stuff that goes there. Just put a foundation, put a block down there. When the waters rise, the house rises with it. And you've got flexible streets that can, you know, keep the neighborhood there. Right in the middle of the sea. So I understand when, 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 when people get took, we made the Netherlands. I can understand where they are coming from. But the thing I want you to know is this. It takes a people who have faith in whatever they are believing in. To do those kind of things. Now what more you who believes in a, in a God. Who is more than able to do. Who can, who can declare things that are not. And says let there be light. What more you. See when I understood this I said God. As I do my, my, my PhD thesis. You need to give me discoveries. And in one of the statements. My, my supervisor says. It, it was like he was looking for a needle. In the middle of a haystack. And he found something. 
Why could I find? Because I declared I will find something that will be significant in the middle of the haystack. And I proclaimed it when I was starting my thesis. And at the end of it, I found something that was worth writing about. Because I am living in the faith. And I have God who helps me to see things that may not have been seen. If people who don't believe are able to do some extraordinary things, what about you who believes? Are you quiet now, church? What about you? With all your God. With all your Raboko, Shapaka, Tekeka. What are you producing? With all your Holy Ghost speaking, tongue talking, all the scriptures you quote, what are you producing? Church, our faith must be in this type of place where we are declaring things that become. But you declare them in faith. Hallelujah. Amen. We declare them in. And so, and so he says in, 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 in Mark 9, verse 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. I find this sentence, I find this sentence rather interesting because it says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that if you can believe, can you believe? Then you can qualify for the second part of the sentence. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. So that we can speak things and join with God who says there is nothing impossible. Mark 11, verse 22 to 23. Mark 11, verse 22 to 23. Jesus answering them said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. In verse 23, you can say, I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, ye shall have whatsoever he says. Why? Because I am speaking things that are not as though they were already there. I will have what I say I have. I will have the declarations of my mouth. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you. Why? Because I have the faith of God. I have faith in God. Hallelujah. Amen. Have faith in God. It is an attribute that is of the restored faculty of men. Why restored? Because man is, is without God, without being restored through Jesus Christ, is lost and cannot believe. And cannot trust. And cannot depend upon a God whom he does not see. But when we are restored. And we are reconnected again. To God. Then we can declare things. In Jesus name. Amen. Number nine. It is the whole body of revealed truth. It is the whole body of revealed truth. And, and here when I talk about the whole body of revealed truth. Our faith. Is, 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 is embodied in the fullness of what is truth. You know, and, and I'm, I'm intrigued by, by, by Luke chapter 18. By Luke chapter 18. You see, there is a woman there who is coming to a judge. And, and Jesus uses this parable to teach prayer. But there's a woman here who's coming to a judge. And she's coming to a judge and says, Revenge me of my enemy. The reason she's asking this judge to revenge her of, of, of the injustice that has happened to her is because the truth is in her favor. Amen. Amen. She knows the case is in my favor. This is mine, but it has been taken away. The truth is in my favor. And therefore, when she comes to the judge, she does not come to the judge trying to bring facts and figures to prove anything. She says, this is mine. The truth is in my favor. All you need to do is look at the case and you will see that it is in my favor. And so the judge, the judge is in, in the beginning ignoring her. But in the end, 
he decides to say, well, she's pestered me enough. Let me just look at her case. He looks at her case and avenges her of her, of, of, of her adversary and gives her what, that which she was, she was crying about. Why? Because it is hers. It belongs to her. Now, Jesus in verse 8 then says to them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. He's now talking about God. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on earth? It is a scary question for all the people that, are, that come to church. And Jesus is supposedly speaking to people who are supposed to be disciples. Who are supposedly be people who should be following him. And he's asking them, you know guys, if, if I come back, will I find faith on earth? You know the story, there's a story of the epileptic boy who was brought to his disciples and the disciples tried to cast out this demon and this demon would not go. And when Jesus comes, he casts it out. And, and while he's speaking, the, the, and he's talking, he, he first asks them, you know, you faithless generation. This is his first statement. How long should I enjoy you? And the father cries out and says, Lord, just help me even when my faith is weak. He makes a, a, a prayer. He says, Lord, I, my faith may be weak, but God, just, just have mercy and just help me. So in the midst of this, he, he, he's, he's saying, guys, all you need to do is have faith. But faith seems to be like something so challenging. And this is why we have taken time during this last week to just challenge us about faith. So that when the Son of Man, when Jesus comes back again, when Jesus visits you tonight, He will find you full of faith. Amen. Amen. Because this is where the issue is. It may not, don't wait until His second coming. It's when He visits you in your situations and circumstances. Will He find faith in you? When the supervisors are tough, will He find faith in you? When sickness hits the family, will he find faith in you? When there's no money in the bank account, will he find faith in you? This is where this question is coming to. That gentlemen and ladies, when you are faced with trials and trying situations, will I find faith in you? When they start putting you the drills, through the drills of the, of, the, of the semesters here and the periods that you go through. And you know, so for, for, for you students, you know, that are just coming in, you, you will have heard all kinds of stories. And I'm sure Yukas has done a good job in telling you that you can survive this. I saw, I saw Felix, where is Felix? Felix didn't come to church today. I saw Felix, he put up a picture where he was jumping so high, trying to jump over the forum to say, finally the books are over. When, when, when the challenges of books come, will we find faith in you? Will we find faith in you? When things don't happen the way you thought they would, will we find faith in you? When the husband can't cook, will we find faith in you? Yes. <laughs> huh? And the woman can't make the bed. Will we find faith in you? When the people don't repent to your beautiful messages and they keep telling you, go away, when you try to preach to them. Have you ever been told to go away? You're trying to give somebody the gospel. The gospel is what? Good news. And they tell you, shut up. Literally, I've been told, shut up. Nonsense. One man shouted at me, nonsense. And you're thinking, the gospel is nonsense. <laughs> Look at my Bible. 1,000 page Bible. And somebody says, all that you say is nonsense. Ah. 
It's been there longer than this man. And he looked at us and nonsense! Will we find faith in you? Will we find faith in you? See, Jesus, this is what he was asking. He was, he, he, was, he was giving this challenge to say, your faith must be embodied in the truth because the truth remains the truth. Jesus Christ is the truth. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 1 Timothy chapter 4 says, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, reading from verse 1, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And I can tell you there are all kinds of doctrines of devils. And you just need to open your Facebook page and you will see them. Some of the doctrines say, I was watching another one where they say, the pastor does wrestling with demons. <laughs> Seriously. So, 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 he was picking up a man. And I, and I was wondering, and the church was full. The church was full. He picked up a man. Boom, on the ground. Say, I'm chasing out the demon by doing wrestling with him. And the pastor was standing there. And he started running. Like how Hogan. Hogan and those wrestlers. Jumped on top of the man. He's casting out a demon. And you know what? The church is there. Yeah! Hallelujah! I read another one. Read another one where, where the pastor said, All those ladies that want to have children come to church without panties. Did you wonder? And they came to church without panties. You see, this is what beats me, people. The other guy wrote me a letter here in the Netherlands saying, Your character is on Zin. Jesus is on Zin. And we, we are having our own character. On the character is the spaghetti character. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what they do in their church? They wear this spaghetti, this spag you know, the, 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 the thing you drain the water out of the spaghetti. Yeah. yeah. So that's what they wear when they come into their church. And you know what? There is a following of people that come on a Sunday dressed up like we are. When they get to the door, they are all wearing their spaghetti things. And they come in and they sit. Another church in the U.S. where the pastor said, we are going back to nature. So, no, we no, we worship God in our natural state. <laughs> so, at the door, in order not to offend everybody else, when you get into the door, please take off your clothes. There is an usher who is taking your clothes so that you can go into the church. So, there are all kinds of doctrines. These are, the, are some of the ones that look so extreme. But there are many others that are not so extreme, but are so enticing. Like one pastor who was saying, everybody bring out your wallet and put it in this basket. By the time you get home, you will have money because you have sown into the house of God. So you can imagine some people were writing lawsuits because there was no money at the home. And, 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 and pastors who have said, I believe God. He's saying, you and you should get married. I'm not saying that, but <laughs> And Kate is saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> Gilbert is almost like saying, Pastor, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but, and, and so people have gotten married because the pastor has said, you two get married. All kinds of doctrines. And what is the teachings behind this? Because they say, I am as, as a man of God. I have seen what God has said. I've, I've been in places where you sit there and you're looking. Where is the word of God? There is no word, but the place is full. There is not a, they don't even open the Bible. They just stand there and they just say, Oh, Raket Toshika. In the name, in the name, in the name. What is your name? <laughs> And another one says, somebody with telephone number 0655107 please come up here. And because the pastor has been given the list, you know, I have all your phone numbers. <laughs> those I, can, I can just claim a few numbers here at the time I come here and shout them. So watch out. The, the, our faith is, is not in these enticing things. But it isn't the substance of the gospel. Jesus died on the cross, rose again, 
is alive today that we might live to the righteousness of God. And those that believe in Him and trust in Him and put their hope in Him shall have eternal life. That is the gospel. Jesus came to set us free from the power of sin. Therefore, go and sin no more. That is the gospel. And so we need to come to that full embodiment of God's truth. And not just going on to the things that are fine for us. See, it says in verse 2, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, don't eat that, eat this, eat that one, don't eat this one, and all kinds of things which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. You see, all things are ours to be enjoyed and to be, to, to be blessed with. And so we must embody the fullness of the gospel. Amen. Amen. Not just the part that excites you. Some of us are only in church because we know they, they make us pray. Cast out that demon, cast out. So that's why you are here in church. No. Embrace everything. The casting out of demon, but also embrace the living of a righteous life. The change of life from away from sin and living for righteousness. So I ah, know I just come to church because the praise is good, man. When Gilbert starts singing, ah, hey, that guy can sing. No. Embrace also when they tell you to kneel down and pray. Yes. Cry out for lost souls. That's the, that's the fullness of the gospel. Give your money to, to some good cause. Do that. Don't just say, ah, I only go to church. But when it comes to money, no. Give to the cause. Because of the fullness of what God has called us to do. Amen. Amen. And lastly, I will not go into this one because next week I want to talk about diving faith. Number 10. Number 10 is the joyful faith in and acceptance of Christ as the substitute for sin. Christ is our substitute for sin. He took our place, the just for the unjust. When we were yet enemies of Him, Christ Jesus died for us. And He is our Savior, whereby we receive. Whereby we receive. And next week I want to dive in on what we receive when we accept Christ as our substitute and Savior. Amen. Amen. Can you rise with me? You see, the, the father of the epileptic boy challenges me so much. And as much as I know that faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word of God, when I hear the cry of the father after he had word, heard what Jesus was saying, I just want somebody to make a similar, a similar cry, uh, cry to God. And just say, Lord, help me even when my faith is weak. Because the reality is this, guys. Even although we have been given all things and everything is in us, sometimes we are weak. Sometimes we are weak. Sometimes the challenges are many. The challenges are heavy. I've also sometimes been in a place where I, I don't even know how to start praying because of the things that I have to deal with. But I want you to make a prayer today and make a cry like the Father cried and say, Lord Jesus, help me. Even when my faith is weak. I just want you to pray and say, Jesus, help me. Even in those times when my faith is weak. I believe you, but God help me. Even in those times when my faith is failing. Go ahead and just make that prayer. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Lord, help me. Help me even in those moments where I am failing in my trust, in failing in my confidence failing in my conviction of you. Help me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Help me. Help me to be like Abraham who is noted to have not staggered in faith. Not have staggered in faith. Help me, Lord, not to not to fail. Help me to keep standing. Help me. Help me. Oh, come on somebody. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself.
Pray for yourself. Help me, Lord, when my faith seems not to seems not to come. When things seem to be falling short, help me, Lord, that I may not swerve away, that I may not doubt you, that I may not look away from thee. Help me, O God. Oh. I pray for you. God, God, help In the face of opposition, help your people. Help your son, Lord. Even in the current state of affairs where everything seems opposed. Where everything seems to go contrary to your word, I pray that God will be strengthened in the name of Jesus. Strengthen, Almighty God, your daughter. Where the negatives have been so heavy, Lord, that even her health is failing. I speak health now in the name of Jesus. And I pray that God, by the word that has been spoken in this house today, she will receive new strength. Help him, Lord, my God. Help him. Even when there seems to be delays of things that are lost, disappointment after disappointment, my Father, I pray today, help us, oh God, everyone, our faith is weak. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, I pray. The Lord will remember you for the good that you have done. They'll remember you for the good that you have done. Don't lose your faith. The Lord will remember you for the good that you have done. He will remember you for the good that you have done. Don't lose your hope. He will remember you for the good that you have done. Father, thank you. In the name of Jesus. Amen.